Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to season two of the Mav Puck Cast. Yes, we're back for another season. Can you believe it? We actually made it through an entire season. I know it was it was good. <laughs> it was dicey there at the it end. It was dicey there at the end. Yeah, we were we were we were we were losing steam fast. So <laughs> I'm glad we made it through. So and I'm glad we're back doing it again the second season. Yeah, I think we've talked about some things we want to do this season and some stuff we have planned. So yep, for sure. Uh, some stuff that I think last season we kind of just figured when we get we getting our legs under us with this and. Uh, now that we kind of got a plan, I think we've got some pretty cool stuff thinking that we're going to do this season. Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to try to have a little bit more depth to our content, but we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. You never know how the season will go. That, that will probably dictate a lot of what we end up covering this season. So, Which we will get into more as we get along in this podcast. That's right. So let's start with the season our ticket, fun week. Yeah, the season ticket holder pickup event on Tuesday. I love that thing. Yeah, it's, it's so, so much, much fun. fun. Yeah. You know, and I love that it's more than just one sport. I, I Even though we don't, we'll go to an occasional volleyball game. Um, not too much for basketball. I'm just not a huge basketball fan. But it is really cool to it meet is. the student and athletes. And, Bridget and I are both big college basketball fans. And yeah? For two seasons, we had tickets before they curtained off the upper bowl. And I don't know if they've decided to open that up yet, but when they do, I'll be getting my seats back. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> One of these days, but yeah, we loved going to those college basketball yeah. games. So it's fun that they have all of those sports, yeah. all of the kind of fall and winter sports on display at that event. I've always been really impressed. The the student athlete persona, the the attitudes of the student athletes, you know, their openness to engage with the families and the young fans and stuff is just top-notch and, and the university does a good job of putting those athletes out there in a position oh, to be yeah, able to terrific. engage with them it's terrific to get the chance to meet them and i think yeah. it's, i think it's nice for the players too to get to meet some of the fans because uh you know you, you only learn so much about fans from their you know twitter personas or <laughs> facebook personas which right. again everybody on facebook and twitter has a persona so don't think that they don't because they do so and right. it's, it's not always who they are so it's nice to nice to get a chance to meet those guys and yeah and even get to hear from, we got to hear from Coach Gabinette. It was nice to get to hear from him. Yeah, he had a nice interview, you know, talking about the upcoming season. So that was, that was some good information. And yeah, absolutely. He's always really good about stopping and, and talking to people sure. too and, and not being kind of, I've, I've had, been around the coaches and stuff that are like, I'll do my media stuff and then They're a little I got bit work more to aloof do. about that, yeah. yeah. No, it was nice. It was nice. And Maddie's trying to figure out who her favorite player is going to be now that yeah, she's. I think she's kind of landed Freddie, on her. Now that Freddie Olofsson is, yeah, has moved on Across to greener pastures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing over there, and uh, has she narrowed it down? Does she know who her favorite player is going to be this? Uh, season? She has. Uh, she's got, uh, of course, Seville. Her being, you know, having ambitions and and playing goaltender at least part time uh, with the U10 team this year. She's she's kind of attached herself to Seville, which. I was really impressed. His engagement and outlay. I've seen him in interviews and, and talked to people who were around him in Tri-City. And he apparently was really like closed off. But he was awesome at the event. Yeah. I mean, he talked he to her like for a, a while. He seems like a really terrific he guy. He talked to me. It was, yeah. It was Absolutely. it was really nice. So, um, no, yeah. And that, then Conley. That's a, that's a great pick for her. And then Con, is Conley one of Conley, the other finalists? I, I, 
I'm trying to figure out if it's Conley or if it's that stash. Because, man, did he have a mustache going on that he stood out like a especially sore thumb if somebody like, Especially with somebody like your daughter. She has not grown up in a world where guys, you know, have mustaches. No. Like, when I was growing up as a kid, it was like a lot of guys had mustaches back yeah. in the 1970s and, and 80s. Now it's rare. So that, that, that could be a hook. So he may have to keep the stash going. Something different. Yeah, definitely. Well, he he grew a good one. So if he's out there listening to our podcast. Well, and he had I a good season you, last year. He's a good, hardworking player yeah. who I think will have a good season this year. So yeah, so she's she's got some good options this year. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's two that I don't foresee sticking around for a long time. I know. But... You're, always, you're always, oh, they're going to leave after two seasons or things. They're not going to leave. Conley's going to be here until he's a senior. Don't don't worry yeah, about that. But he's that. not a freshman, so... Well, I know. He transferred from DU, but still, he'll, he'll be here. They say he lost a year in the transfer, so he's got two years left. Well, if I'm right, yeah, fine. I think so. That's right. He was a... He was a he, I, mean, I think he's got a red shirt left if something happens. He was, he, was I mean. a, he was a sophomore last year. Yeah. Coming he's got in. this season and next season. Right, so he's got the... Yeah, so two he'll years. be... He's not going anywhere. He's For not two going years. Anywhere. <laughs> well, it's fine. He's not going anywhere. It's the two-year clause. It's fine. No, I know you're always like, you know, I don't know if they're gonna, you know, if Isaiah Seville's good. I don't know if he's. Oh gonna... well. It's it's hard with goaltenders. I but I talked to him about the Vegas training camp. Yeah. Uh, just to get kind of his opinion, because uh, I think it's always interesting these these kids when they go through those those NHL training camps. Like, it can be a a, a very sure calming experience for some it can be a very nerve-wracking experience for others when you start to see you know some some upper end talent you know guys that are, are better than anything you've seen in juniors and things like that yeah. uh but he he seemed to just really be like i'm gonna just take in the moment and he talked about just enjoying the experience and stuff sure and it seems from what i can tell it seems to have have kind of motivated him so um that was encouraging so we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, it's you know, it's always hard to know. I the, the last time we lost a, a goaltender, well, there have been a couple who've had pro ambitions. I remember Chris Holt. He was here for a couple of seasons and then we had an NHL lockout that happened and a mm-hmm. lot of the players were spooked when that NHL lockout happened that another lockout was gonna happen. So they all like jumped ship, ship. Mm-hmm. and went and played pro ahead of time. So you never know what's gonna happen in the NHL. I don't foresee something like that happening, but well, no, they didn't up the CBA, so both the players in the NHL um, decided just to stick with the current CBA, okay. so we're good until 2022. Okay, so that's fine. Yeah. He'll, he'll be here. Who knows what happens He'll be here then, until at least 2022, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, if he comes... My answer to everything is two years. Exactly. If, if he's lights out early on this season, you're going to be like, Spill's going pro in another, another year or so. Yeah, he's out of here. Don't kill our hope. Don't kill the dream. <laughs> Every time he makes an amazing save, I'm, I'm going to kick you. And I'm go, just excited. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm just excited to see him play in net. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk before we get into... Oh, and by the way, oh, just yeah. there's a Facebook Live of the festivities at yes. yeah. that season ticket holder pickup event on the uh, MapPuck Facebook page that Bridget did. So you can find that by going to her site, mappuck.com. And there's a little box at the bottom that has the little stream of our Facebook feed. So you can go there and we'd encourage you to like the page because we're sharing all kinds of information, including these podcasts throughout the year. Yeah. My only request is that if you watch the live broadcast, skip about three minutes into it to 
Well, we, past my we, brain learned that <laughs> we, we learned that Jason has to be mentally prepared to, to go, you know, to broadcast. He was not mentally prepared. He was not. You got to be ready. You got to be I, ready at all moments to start talking about this team. So I know I was not. I, I just was not. I don't know. And what's weird is like, I still have no idea where that came from. It's so out of like, don't it wasn't either. like there was someone around that well, I was I mean, like looking reveal, at them. Should and, we reveal to the listeners what you No, because if they want to know, they're going to have to go and watch. Okay. So, so there listeners, you, you can guess his faux pas. Yeah, put it in the comments below. Yeah, put it in the comments <laughs> below when you find the faux pas that Jason made, which was kind of a stunning faux pas. It was shocking even to me. I mean, it was That's like... right. So let's talk uh, NCAA. Yeah, just as kind a of whole like, right a, like now, at right? a macro level of NCAA ice hockey right now. Uh, a couple. A couple things that I think were on my radar. There's a few first round draft picks that did not make NHL clubs that, you know, showed some promise in some of the rookie camps and in the training camps that are going to report to uh, NCAA and not make a go of, you know, trying to be one of those stars that, you know, committed to Boston and never show up. You get a few of those every once in a while. Uh, a Caulfield is one that I saw that I thought he looked pretty good. And he's going to be playing for Wisconsin. So that could be dangerous for anyone who has to play Wisconsin. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things our fans have talked about, how easy our non-conference schedule looks. And it's like with those Big Ten teams like Wisconsin, like Ohio State, mm-hmm. you just never know. Especially when they get some of those good young NHL draft pick type players in. You never... Because you look at a team like um, UMass, I just want to call them UMass Amherst. I know that they're they just want to go by UMass, like Mass, the yeah. basketball team. Um, but you look at they they had the and I his name is escaping me. The one particular player on that roster last year, Makar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he was. I mean, obviously it was a team effort, but he really kind of changed the dynamic with a team that had really yeah. struggled over the past several years. And so you just never know when an impact player like that's going to come around to your club. It is kind of shocking just with NCAA hockey and in general, sometimes there's one player that can really, I mean, they don't carry a team. It's not like no, other sports where it, you just need one star player, it's not, but, but it's, it's amazing how when they start to have an above average season, how many other players you start to see having above average performance. It just, it changes the dynamic. I remember back in the 04, 05, 06 range when UNO had Scott Pars and Bill Thomas. Mm-hmm. And just those two guys, it changed the dynamic of the team. And they, right. they suddenly became a team that seemed much deeper, um, much more skilled. And honestly, I think it was those two guys taking up a lot of the the scoring load that made... The yeah. rest of that team a lot better. It made it made our our goaltender Jared Kaufman look better during those. I mean, it was just it was a very very interesting time. Yeah, and I think it's different in Mass's case with McCarr being a defenseman because a lot of what he did was with as far as he has to skate as a D man to make you know any sort of pressure in the offensive zone. It really opens up your forwards because you've got to you've got to account for essentially you have to count for four forwards now instead of three in your defensive strategy 
and it just it changes things and so there was a lot more space for some of their other guys and if you look at like the Corsi for Corsi against and stuff for uh, a lot of their forwards that's where you start to see him you know perform I saw one of them was like 105 percent Corsi for better than his statistical average over the last like eight seasons it was like oh my gosh I mean it's just crazy but he was on a line with a lot of good players and he was out there with Makar a lot and that's kind of what does it in for you sometimes and then you always get that like and we'll ask I ask this question about UNO players specifically Ward you know how is he going to do without Olofsson you know that's interesting that you bring that up and I know that I know that there you could you could go kind of go two ways on that you could say Ward made Morelli and Olofsson better players or the other way that we right. would hear was those two guys, the two upperclassmen, the two veterans made Ward a better player. I I tend to go, and I, I'm going to go a little bit against the grain here. I tend to think that Taylor Ward made those two guys better, and I think he'll make a couple of new forwards better this season. And I think in my, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's a, maybe it's from the years of coaching or something like it kind of frustrates me when when that comment gets perceived that way actually because it's not a knock on any of those players talents like it's not that no you're not that good or that they're not that good or anything it's a chemistry thing like that line had really good positional knowledge and positional awareness they gelled very well. They seemed to find each other on the and ice, right? That's and why so they when were two, productive. Right. And so when two of those leave, the question is, is are there players that can step in and have that same level of, consi- of, of chemistry? And that was the big issue with UNO last season. That was, and you talked about that concept a lot. And it's, it's, it was crazy, a team with that many seniors. And I understand right. they might not have been superstars, but when you have that many veteran players the compete level wasn't always there and it just, they, they never gelled mm-hmm. fully gelled on the ice. And that could be for a variety of reasons. And I don't you know, necessarily want to get into those reasons, but you're right. The chemistry wasn't there. So the, right. the hope this season, and we'll, we'll get into that as we, we go along here is that there will be more chemistry. Again, right. they don't have to be star players. They don't necessarily have to be NHL draft picks, but they've got to, it's got to be where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Correct, yeah. So, NCAA, who, what are you looking for? Who do you have outside of the NCHC? Because we're going to talk specifically about (laughs) the powerhouse conference in hockey. So, outside of the NCHC, what teams are kind of on your radar to, to watch? I don't know. Do you want me to throw out a bunch of Hockey East teams like you do? This is... Just can't mention Boston. Are we gonna have Boston? You know they tried very hard at the end of last season to make a to make a little run there and and make you look like a make <laughs> I know. you look like a genius. They start to turn it on in Magnum and see where was this in the beginning when I <laughs> called you guys out. But well, that does make them a team to watch this year. <laughs> oh yeah, it absolutely does make them a team to watch. I'll tell you, here's what I'm looking for. I look at what Bob Motzko did with St. Cloud State during his years there. And in particular, I want to see how he has been able to transform that Minnesota hockey team after his first season there. I want to see if they've progressed significantly. Hmm. 
in his second season and see if they're playing able to, in the Big Ten though. Playing in the Big, I know they're playing in the Big Ten, so there should be an op, there should be an opportunity to dominate the Big Ten. There's, I mean, I think I think I I would love to see that program, yeah, back on top just because I think it's good for college hockey when Minnesota is rolling and things are percolating along. I I would pay attention to a Big Ten team, but. I would pay attention to a different Big Ten team. I think Wisconsin's one to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win the Big Ten. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in a Frozen Four appearance. You've got Caulfield coming in. Uh, he's got his brother there. You've got um, the Dogies are both there still. Uh, you've got Alex Turcotte's coming in. Probably could be he could be the top center in the ncaa his freshman year he's got that kind of talent uh and he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder right now it seems like from what i've seen so he could be he he's a freshman he could be really really good could be really really bad we'll have to see but he's one to kind of keep an eye on and when you have that kind of talent on that team i think goaltending and defense is still where you know wisconsin kind of falters a little bit so if that if it pulls back too much then then they could run into some issues but they're not terrible in either of those areas they're salvageable and so you know they may be in a situation where they're winning a lot of like 10 11 games but well you know and it's interesting with that team ever since they replaced coach eves with tony granado mm-hmm. they've never really broken through as a program since he's been there, you know what I'm saying? They've right. never really turned it around and become that national power that they were, you know, back during the early Eves years and even the Jeff Sauer years. So it'll be interesting to see if you're right. I'm I'm always reluctant to pick anybody from the Big Ten to <laughs> break through and win the national championship because that conference has had its ups and downs since yeah. the realignment a few years back. And that's why I say it's really hard to... Like it's really a coin flip to look at at who's going to actually you know come out on top, right? At the end of the Frozen Four, I just look at like do they have the pieces and the parts that they need to make it to right. have a chance to get there? Because you look, Mel, Mel, Mel Pearson at Michigan is a terrific coach. Yeah, I think that that program at some point is going to be primed to be back on top. I don't know that they'll dominate like they did during the CCHA years, but I yeah. think that that program again. I think they're on the right track. I don't know that they're they'll be competitive but michigan state to me is the biggest program that i don't know when that program will ever achieve what they 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 seem like there's always high hopes for them and then it's just that was that was one of my favorite that was one of my favorite road trips when you know was in the ccha we went there like seven times i loved going to see uno play at michigan state i I don't know why but yeah ohio state should be pretty good Ohio State should be decent, and that's the thing. You know, we play Ohio State and Wisconsin this season, so those will be those will be interesting tests for us. Yeah, the Wisconsin will be. As far as hockey East, I don't know. I mean, that's the one I worry. I worry about Wisconsin, but we'll see. Wisconsin, yeah. I just don't want to get. I don't want to get blown out by them. That's... Well, we play Ohio State on the road. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, Ohio State will be good, but they'll be good. Like I said, yeah, I still Steve, think Wisconsin Steve Rollick be has gotten that program going. So, uh, yeah, hockey East will. I see a lot of people big on Boston College again. I don't know if I'm 
We're going to take that stab again. <laughs> well, I don't know. You picked them to win the national championship last year. So just take that stab again. Pick, pick, pick <laughs> Why BC not, right? or BU to take. Maine. Well, we play Maine. <laughs> God, you know, that program has not been what they were. Oh, not since Korea left. No, they they just they haven't. That program it's it's too bad too because they were one of the kind of the cool hockey schools that you know had success, kind of like a New Hampshire out there in hockey East. Great fan base. They have a terrific fan base. Part of the reason why I want to go out there is just to experience what what they have, and but (laughs) they don't. I don't think that it's kind of one of those under the radars. Like I don't get a. I don't see a lot of chatter about their fan base and how energized their followers are, but no. they really do have a good fan base. No. And you had UMass Amherst or UMass or Massachusetts, whatever they're calling themselves last year. And then you've had UMass Lowell has been a solid program out in high They've had a lot of good years. Providence. Providence has been a good, uh, solid club. So yeah, it seems like they do better when they're shockers, right? Like when they when they beat UNO, it was kind of a this is the game of two teams no one thought would be here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, knowing that they have a solid program makes me want to pick them less. <laughs> <laughs> Only because well, in it's fact, like... it seems like every other year Providence is hosting a you know NCAA Something, regional, yeah. and if they get in, regardless of the seed, they're going to be it's a there, home so. home game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it's hard to say. I don't know who's going to win the national championship, but I'm picking an NCHC team. If you want that prediction now, I'd be happy to give it to Go you. Go for it. I'm Which... going with Minnesota Duluth. I picked them last okay. year. I'm picking them to win it again. Okay. Um, pick, pick BC. Pick I, BC. Pick I'm a hockey really, East. I really want to pick BC. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bucket. I'm gonna actually pick Wisconsin. I'm gonna say that it's a Big Ten that finally breaks through. Wow, that is a bold pick. Well, we'll find out when we play them. Yeah, we'll uh, this fall. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my prediction in now and say that we split against Wisconsin. And Wisconsin wins the national championship, and we get to say, "Hey, at least we beat the national championship once." You know, that's gonna be a good test for the team. Yeah, I, you know, that's there's a few that I'm like, you want to see where you are as a whole. Ohio State, Wisconsin, even Maine, like going to Maine. You want to know where you stand as an NCAA hockey team. I think how you perform out there uh, is going to matter in that progression. Yeah, and that's a that's an interesting series because it comes after the first of the year. Um, normally, we often take a trip out east mm-hmm. uh, right around New Year's, so it's a little bit later than that. That'll be interesting. Um, and I know I say that'll be interesting a lot, and I know that you know our friend Darren's going to po- you know point this out or. Take, Take a, a shot. shot when that happens. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. <laughs> you couldn't stop yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will be fascinated to see where UNO is at that point and where Maine is at that point. Because I think I think we may be in a fairly solid looking position at that point after the first half of the season. So let's talk NCHC then. Let's talk NCHC. You've got Duluth. Uh, well, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I had Duluth winning the net. See, last year, 
I had St. Cloud. They didn't win the conference. I had St. Cloud yeah. winning the conference. I believe you can go back and listen to the yep. first show of last year. You did. Week. And yep. then I had Duluth winning the national championship. Which is the way it turned out. Yeah. So I was, I was right on. So we're right going to pick St. Cloud again? <laughs> no, I'm, the regular not picking, season? I'm not picking St. Cloud to win the conference. Okay. Good. I guess. I, I am know. picking Duluth to win the conference this year, though. Ah, so they're going to win the conference? Are they going to win the tournament? Yeah. They're going to go three and three? Yeah. Well, I didn't oh. realize until a month ago that Hunter Shepard was back. That guy seems like he's been there seven, <laughs> eight saying, years at this point. 30th year senior. Thank you very with much. With him back and with the amount of talent that they have on that team, despite, you know, the the uh, players that they lost after last season's national championship. I will, I will agree with you. I think they win the regular season. Yeah. I think the NCHC talent-wise is so deep and so competitive. I think we go another year where the team that won the regular season doesn't win the tournament. Really? So who are you thinking wins the NCHC Frozen Faceoff? You know, I will say it's really difficult because I I like where Western Michigan sits. I I worry about whether or not they can put it together. Sometimes they just can't live up to their potential. You know, I remember Coach Gabinette said last year before Mm -hmm. the season you know, got underway that he thought Western Michigan was the best team in the conference. I, I don't know. There, there are moments with that team where they look terrific. And then there are other moments where, you know, they just look kind of ugly and I don't know the, 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 the postseason play has not impressed me the last couple of years. And that inconsistency in performance is what right. is challenging for me to say that they're going to find a way to put it together in succession that they need to win a tournament because it's not like a, you know, one or two games or something. I mean, you've got to win a best of three, then you have to win two games in Minnesota. Right. Where Duluth travels and cause they're not far away and St. Cloud travels cause they're not that far away and North Dakota travels because it's North Dakota and you got to figure you're going to meet at least one of those teams there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I struggle with, can I pick them to actually break through there? So then I go back to like play really well at Lawson ice arena in Kalamazoo, mm -hmm. but on the road they're they've always seemed to struggle. Yeah. Like last season, they were 12, seven, one at home. Mm hmm. But on the road, they were seven and eight. So, I mean, five hundred's yeah. decent on the road. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, it's yeah. But if you want to talk about you know being at the top of your conference, you want to talk about you know national recognition, you can't be five hundred. No. On the road, you're gonna have to perform better than that. And then they got upset by Colorado College at home yeah. in the playoffs. So. So, Cairo College is up and coming. I yep. don't think that they're there yet. I don't think that they are either. They're on the right trajectory. I, I'm going to say that Denver pulls a shocker and wins the tournament. Well, that's a definite possibility. And here's the thing. If Denver wins the tournament, it's really hard not to pick them to win the it's, title. That's, it's a, that's an interesting one for me. I mean, Coach Carl's doing a great job. It was his first season last year. It's just weird because they've lost some of those big names that we, you know, became familiar with, like yeah, but Jared Luko Savage. They've 
put well and goaltending and goaltending their biggest thing yeah but at the same time remember when dylan gambrell was in that yeah you knew that they were going to be solid so yeah three new assistant coaches sure and development coaches and all three of them have nhl experience so you want to talk about building a program that knows how to win that's a good place to start yeah (laughs) and a team that and here's it's a team that has won like this isn't a right. Denver's not and, a, a school. It's not a program that's rebuilding. It's not a program that's trying to find identity. It's not a program that's no. kind of progressing. It's a program that expects to win every night, every game that they go into. And yeah, any that, kid that goes to Denver goes there program, knowing that the pressure's on them. That program was not running on hard times when Gwazdecki was replaced. When right. Jim Montgomery was hired. So yeah. they've been solid ever since and they should be solid again. They might not have some of those superstars that they had during like the peak of the Jim Montgomery years, but they'll they should perform well. So. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to do? I think last year we did a top to bottom. Where did you sure, see everyone? Let's do that. You want to do yes, that? Yes, absolutely. So regular season ends. Are we starting with? We the both bottom? have Duluth at the top. Yes. We'll we go do. top to bottom since we both have Duluth at okay. the top. Number two. I'm gonna say Denver. Okay, that's how I have it too. And that's who I've been thinking okay. about all week is gonna be number two. Three. Number three. This is a tough one. Okay. I'm gonna go with. North Dakota. I'm going to say that they're, I'm going to say that they're going to, I know that there are a lot of unknowns and the last season didn't live up to fan expectations. They can't be down forever. So I'm going to go with North Dakota. Number three. I've got Western Michigan. Number three. I know you love Western Michigan, but (laughs) no, actually I really don't. (laughs) I can't. They're just, sometimes they look and and maybe it's just my bias from the CCHA days where I thought they were kind of an ugly blue collar kind of a team they've always been a blue collar hockey team and they've 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 just like northern michigan too they've got some good players like humiging and austin ruschoff but i'm not picking them in third okay so where do you get who you got fourth then i've got western michigan fourth okay yeah (laughs) okay i've got st cloud fourth i i went Okay, so I went back and forth with this. I was going to have St. Cloud fourth because I can't, I can't imagine, even though they were picked fifth in the media poll, I, I just have a hard time picturing them in the lower half. They lose a lot. They do lose a lot. Which is why I have them dropping back. But, but they've still got a lot. Yeah. And their recruiting class wasn't the best, but, I mean, it should be decent enough if some of those kids those returning players and stuff have a good year they will be fine they may not be as good as they have been but they should be all right even in a conference as stacked as the ncaa you always wonder you know when they go in as the top seed and they lose to american international you do wonder if that affects the psyche of the team at all you know what i'm saying of course yeah it's just hard to know but the challenge is how does it affect them like for some, it makes them turtle and they they struggle. For some, they use it as a motivation to not let that happen again. I mean, it's it's. I mean, they've got a lot of talent on that team. You know, they've still got a couple palings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, they there's like just this conveyor belt of them coming through. Which one is that again? I know, right? They've got David Rennick and Net. So I'm I'm just you know. All right, so. What are we on? Fifth? Right? Yes. Which is where I have North Dakota. Or wait, do they have Frenick back in net for St. Cloud? 
I don't know. I don't remember hearing anything about him graduating. Did he graduate? I mean, he didn't sign, so if he's not uh, there, yeah, it's he's back. Okay. He's back. Yeah. And I say huh? that makes it tough when you've got those returning goaltenders in net. That makes mm -hmm. this team awfully tough. Yeah. So, and we've seen it before because yeah. we've had goaltenders at Omaha that have done this for us, that have just put a team on their back and said, yep. all right, y'all ride me. Yep. So it could happen. But yes, I have Western Michigan fourth and you have St. Cloud fourth. Mm -hmm. And then fifth. Fifth. I have I North have, Dakota. I have UNO fifth. Wow. It's a bold pick, isn't it? I've been I, saying that. I've been saying it the last week on Twitter. <laughs> this and, is where this is where okay. Jason lectures me on why I'm a complete. Well, I I can't because you picked correctly last year. So yeah, so let, it's let, hard. Let's, it's let's hard just, to go against you. Just, I'm just like, let's just look really at this, okay. There's always a point early in the second half of the season where the fifth through seventh slots. Mm -hmm tends to be a dogfight between those teams. There are not many points separating them. If UNO finds themselves in that position, I think the young talent is going to be more impressive early on this season than we might assume with 12 freshmen on the roster. And I think, and again, there's a lot of unknowns here, so I'm going out on a limb, but I, I, I just believe that there will be more chemistry between these guys than we saw last season. I think that having an influx of fresh faces is going to make a difference for this team. I also think having Isaiah Seville in net, a guy who's logged a lot of junior playing time and has been very successful, I think he could be the difference maker in some of those games early on. And all they need is a little bit of confidence going into January and going into the meat of that NCHC slate to be successful. And there's a couple, there's a couple players in particular that I'm excited about. I'm excited. I'm excited about, and why am I losing this? Let's look here. Well, let me say my, my challenge to your prediction. Okay. And, yes, and the part ahead. that, that I struggle with is, is not necessarily anything that you talk about, like the team-wise and stuff. Right. It's, this means you think they're better than Miami, Ohio, Carroll College. And St. Cloud. And St. Cloud. And that's, I think, that's the hard thing with a, with a league that's as stacked as the NCHC is, because like you said, there's going to be the middle, like, I fully expect that when we start NCHC play in January... Right. That there's going to be a team that is, you know, we're both saying Duluth, that is, they're number one, they've been number one, they're going to be number one. And there's going to be a team that's number eight, that probably is going to stay at number eight, and we're all going to know where they are. And essentially everything from two to seven then is, if you can turn it on right now, you've got a chance. But you have to play your best hockey right now. And that's where I go, like, okay, we're going to be in that mix, but are we going to be able to turn that on at that point in time? Are we going to be able to sit there the second week of January after the, after the main series and say, we've done it, 
We're where, we're where we need to be. We're fine-tuning stuff. And I get the feeling that come January, we're not going to be fine-tuning things, that Coach Gabnet is still going to be instilling his system and, and, and progressing his guys with a lot of freshmen you know, that need to learn you know, what is the system, what is the demeanor, what, is, what does it mean to be a Mav? And I'm, that's, that's, my, that's my counter to yours is I don't know that we will be where we need to be to make the push in January that we need to make this year. I don't know. I look at, here's what I look at. I look at last season and I look how they were constantly saying these guys are starting to buy in. Right. Some of the guys haven't bought in. And it, it, I'm not exactly sure what the problem was with getting them to buy in. Or and I, I kind of put that on the players, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. You look at a lot of these guys and you look at the recruiting class coming in and these guys, there's a lot of veteran talent there. These guys are not as young necessarily as some of the recruits that we've had in. I just look at the situation and I, I look at UNO teams of your, and I look at it and I think a lot of times if these guys can perform, we're going to see it as freshmen. I, I, I believe that the development of players, a lot of times at this level tends to be a little more subtle from season to season. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so I just think we'll know by, I mean, we're going to know by December what we've got as far as this team goes. And I just, I think that the influx of new, I I think, I think that fact alone that you've got new guys who want to prove themselves, who are fresh to the program, who don't have the baggage of going through a coaching change and all of that. I think it's just going to make a difference with this team. I think, I think we've jumped into our all about Omaha segment. Well, of this. we'll have to get back to. We I mean, we get back good. to that. We can get back. We'll, to that we'll get back to NCHC here in a minute. So who do you have uh, as fifth? In so the, what? Who do you have as fifth in the conference? Did you have North Dakota? Oh, so you had North Dakota fifth. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. There's one thing that I think is. You mentioned Gabnet's comments, particularly in the the second half of the season last year, about how some kids are starting to buy into the into the process. Yeah, and that was and, that and was and in it, February that right. we were, and it, and some weren't. Right. And so then you start looking at going, okay, well, we had a couple kids that didn't make the jump to the NHL that right. left, that didn't graduate that left, that literally just said, "I'm done. This is it for me." You know. I'm going to go play someplace else in some minor league, or I'm going to go try a different sport, or I'm just just done with this. And they may have been past coach recruits, for all we know. Don't know. So now you've got freshmen, and my expectation, from what I know of Gabnet and, and, and my experiences right. with him, is that he knows that there is a type of player that he right. wants to recruit. And so if these freshmen coming in are his type of player, right. they should buy into that system quickly. Yeah, exactly. So if the returning players are all the guys that were picking it up last season right. that can maybe accelerate the yeah, development exactly. of those younger kids. And they, and they might accelerate right. because they're being pushed by guys who are new on the roster that right. weren't there last season. What it comes down to for me is, is that UNO is not a program right now that can (laughs) you can't win on talent alone right like these are not it's not a roster filled with first round high-end nhl potential draft picks these are 
kids who I think a lot of these are kids where this is it for them. You're going to get through college. You're going to get a degree. You're going to play some great hockey while you're here. And then this is probably it. You might play some ECHL stuff. You maybe you, you, you know, you turn it on and, and you, and you surprise some people and you get an AHL and maybe some NHL games, but I just don't see, I don't see a lot of kids that are ready to make that kind of jump in the next say 10 years. Right. And so I really look at it going, the question is, is can they come together? And like you had said earlier in the podcast, can the sum of the part can, can the whole the be, whole be the better than the sum of parts? And yeah. So can they do that? And that's, and the thing is, is I don't know. I can't answer it's, that question. It's hard, it's hard so to I know to because for the last decade, when Dean Blaze came, mm-hmm. he attracted a lot of those NHL draft pick type guys. He was a name, right? And they they performed well. Some people thought they underachieved a bit with that talent. Right. You know, that's that's subject for debate. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that they need NHL talent to be more successful than last season. You know what I'm saying? I would agree that you don't need it. I think that it depends on what you do. Like, Blaze's system needed NHL-level talent. He needed highly skilled people to run the system and the processes that he wanted to run. Well, yeah, it was that horse race hockey where... Right. You know, defense kind of set aside. It was about, you know... It was... It was, it about was you will never score a goal if I always have the puck. Yeah. That's the, I mean, his system was. was built around if I control the puck 99% of the time, the odds are we're going to win. Yeah. And so it was puck possession is puck control. And that doesn't seem to be the system that we're running now. And I'm pretty sure that's not the system that Gabinet I, I, envisions. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people talk about this being kind of this sort of slow it down defensive style of hockey. Now we've never really heard him. We, we heard him say last season that they needed to play a particular kind of way in order to win games. The question is, was he having them play that game because that's his long-term plan for the team? Or was he having them play that way because he looked at the players on the team? He looked at what he had and said, this is the only way we're going to be competitive is if we play this. See, that's, we don't know kind of his long-term plans. Right. And we, we also don't know if, when the players come in that he gets, are they going to, you know, kind of cause the coaching staff to kind of modify their plans if certain things, you know, prove to be I strengths? D- and I don't believe that he'd be talking as much about the system and the processes and people buying into it no, if it wasn't a long-term expectation. I know. I don't, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know when he talks process if it's, you know, it's the great basketball coach john wooden that was all he t- he never talked about wins and losses he always talked about process i don't know if right. he's talking about process like you know playing hard doing the fundamentals right and then when all those things come together you'll have success in games or if he's talking about i have this really strict system that these guys have to play and if they don't play it we're not going to be successful and i'm going to stick to this regardless of what happens i don't know how hard and fast he is about that because obviously we haven't right. had a lot of just kind of in-depth interviews with Coach Gabinet, which I wish somebody out there would do because I think that that would be great because I'd love to learn what it is, what his plan, what his goals are for the future. Is he going right. to is is he trying to be like Cornell in the ECAC and win games one to nothing with great goaltending and great defensive play? I don't know. Right. That's hard to say. 
we're assuming you and I both, that's, we're going on the knowledge we have. So we're assuming that's what could happen. So I completely understand what you're going to say, but I do think one of the points you made earlier that they, that the players hopefully will buy in earlier and be on board. I think because he's got his players who've come to play for him here, I think that that might happen a little bit faster than people think. Plus I think our early season schedule, we've got the exhibition against Manitoba. Mm -hmm. Then we play Huntsville. We go to Ohio state and then we have, um, a series at Alaska Anchorage. So there's an opportunity for them to have more success early on than I think last year where they had a fairly difficult schedule early on in October. So you think that them maybe getting some wins early builds I, the confidence, think, pushes I, them through? I think that was one of the things that Coach Gabinette said last year was that the team was very fragile at certain points. And I just think, I think that mental confidence is going to pay dividends down the road in the second half. They just, they've got to have a decent record going in the second half. And I think they'll be very competitive. Yeah. A lot of what we've talked about is just, it's a young team. And so it's a best case. It's a best guess scenario. Essentially. It's, it's a lot of unknowns on this roster. I think we have, by my count, 27 players on the roster this season. And 12 of them are freshmen. I mean, that's almost half of the roster that's new. So right. it's, a, it's a tall order for sure. And I, I completely get what you're saying. Now, I, and I, I would say that, you know, picking them fifth, I mean, for us, the last last season after what happened, that's kind of a bold pick. But, I mean, fifth, you know, doesn't mean that they're going to be a, you know, NCAA tournament, you know, world killer type of team. <laughs> we still I just, well. I just I just think... We yeah. have to go on the road for the first round of the, the playoffs, so, I mean... <laughs> We still may be coming back again. I just like to win a game against St. Cloud this season and Denver. Oh, or I would say, how about Denver? <laughs> I told Conley, I'm like, just do me one favor. As a former DU ticket holder fan, like beat DU. Come on, guys! Like, just beat DU. They were and so close. That's coming last from the guy who's picking him to yeah win the conference championship. But yeah, whatever. Like, no, exactly. Lose exactly once right. to us, I guess. I don't so, know. yes, I'm being bold. I have us in fifth. I've got so confidence in these guys. We want, I want to get back to your players to watch. Okay. Because I kind of interrupted you to, to oh. counter your point. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on here. Because I would say I've got three on my list that are kind of like, and, and for different reasons, but three that I want to see how they do. So I'm curious. UNO players? Yeah. Okay. Who are your Well, I didn't know UNO if we were, we're, we're still. Are we still in your We're still right other? in the middle of the conference race discussion here, but. but yeah, but we're on UNO. So we're just going to stick on UNO under. until we finish off. <laughs> See, this if, last I'd three. Fin if I'd finished UNO seventh, this would have worked better chronologically in the podcast, <laughs> but I pick them fifth. Hey, and then we just delve into that. If you discussion. want a chronological podcast, you're going to have to find a different one. <laughs> Okay, there's, there's, shoot a, there's, from a couple, the hip. there's a there's a couple players in particular that I'm okay. excited about. You know I'm excited about Brandon Scanlon. Yo, and that's right. Yes. He, he was he was a defenseman who looked like he has an offensive spark. I think we'll see him on the top power play unit this season. I'm excited because I think he's going to be able to make things happen. He had success uh, in in the junior ranks playing for the Brooks Bandits in the AJHL. I don't know. I like some of those Canadians guys. I have fond memories of Canadian defensemen like Greg Zanin on the UNO roster. And so I'm he's 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 my player to watch this season for sure. Okay. 
I think the other one is another guy. Uh, this guy's out of the BCHL. It's Ryan Brochette. And again, he put up a lot of points last season. And I know that sometimes success in juniors doesn't necessarily translate collegiately, but right. um, Taylor Ward had a lot of success uh, his last year in juniors playing in the BCHL. So I think we'll see that again this season. And I'd love to see him on a line with Taylor Ward and potentially somebody else, maybe one of our veteran players. And I expect that we're both, we both have Seville on our... Oh yeah, we, we mean, definitely do. Because with a, with a full... Complement of freshman goaltenders. Goaltenders. Uh, yeah, I mean, you always have to keep an eye on someone, and, and it certainly seems like, at least with you know the NHL pedigree and the, and the hype around him, it is. There's those... a lot of a lot of high expectations right. for him. He's he's a he's probably the the kind of hottest NHL prospect we've had in net for a, a while. Um, I think for me, Sullivan is one that I'm really curious to see he's, i don't he's ex- a guy that you and i got to see in person when we went to yeah watch, yeah we saw him uh, playing for the muskegon and, lumberjacks yeah. and you got to see him both nights he's a guy he's a guy who had good size good presence on the ice smart it seemed like a really smart player really good like, hockey he was just, IQ. He's, yeah he seemed to and and that to me i think mostly it, it's i would be as a coach excited about opportunities of where i could put him in, and who i could pair him with right uh that would give you know, him an opportunity to be successful as well as maybe, you know, bring out some potential and some, some other players. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious kind of how he does it. And I think more so than anything else, I'm curious where coach decides to put him in and who's, is he a center? Yeah. Or does he play on a wing? You know, does he and, play with, you know, who does he play with? And and the, the line combinations are going to be interesting. You know, he really did not change those up a whole lot last season. You would see some of the guys on the second and third lines being switched around, but you didn't see a lot of change. It stayed pretty consistent throughout the season. It'll be interesting to see early on with all of these new players if Gabinet and the coaching staff kind of change things yeah. up and kind of see what see what works best, you know? Uh, Conley is the other one that I would put on the list as kind of the returning player I want to see right. and see what he does because, uh, you know, he's he's wearing an A. He's got some leadership responsibilities on the team. Uh, how does he handle and balance that with online performance? Uh, he seems like a guy that, that knows that hard work uh, matters and what you do. We used to say what you do Sunday through Thursday matters Friday, Saturday. Yeah, he was definitely a hard worker last season on the team. I'm excited to see him. I'm also excited to see Chase Primo yeah. in the lineup. I think that's a player I, I'm hoping we'll see kind of come into his own this season. And I think he was a player early on last season that we were excited about. And the season probably didn't go quite the way he was hoping for, but I think he could potentially be a strong player this season. Yeah. And then obviously some of the defensemen, That's that's we've got – some kind of these these big tall defensemen this year, and I know that talking about some of these defensemen isn't you know necessarily the most exciting part. We're obviously focused on the skaters and we're focused on the the scores and you know, among those players. But yeah, I mean Jordan Clare's our smallest defenseman I know, right? by like a mile. I yeah, mean, it's the only defenseman under six foot. Right. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. UNO gave up, I believe it was three point seven four goals per game last season. It was it was better than the season before, but as long as we're giving up 
you know, three or more goals per game. It's going to be tough to win games regardless of how much talent we have. So hopefully in that department, things will improve. Yeah, and I don't think it's a talent fix. I think that a lot of a lot of the issues we had on defense was mental errors. I agree. And so yeah, having some, I, I think our 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 defense is probably more seasoned than our forward ranks. Yeah, and definitely. so I think that would help the team. Should Absolutely. we get back to our listing then? Yeah. So where were we? We were we, were we did five because I threw you got I got North Dakota. You got. UNO, so six. Uh, did I have St. Cloud in six? You have St. Cloud in yeah. six. Yeah. Okay. I have Cairo College in six. Okay. I just, they they did well, you know, the shocker and, and the to go on the road and, and beat Western Michigan. I think that that program has quite a bit to build off of. I don't think they lost anything major. Yeah, they, um, they were. I mean, they always you always lose some, but well, it's like and, and they I think were they were impressive got, late in the season, in yeah. particular on the road. So, so I'm I'm expecting that that trajectory continues continues for them. Okay, I had to put Seven. St. Cloud somewhere since I had UNO in fifth. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got to go somewhere when we you start doing crazy stuff season, like that. And I'm hoping we're successful against them. So. <laughs> So seven. I have Colorado College in seventh. So that's where you have Colorado College, and that's where I have UNO. Right. Which is where we were last year. Correct. I think, even though I put them in the same spot, I think we do better. I think we're a better team. So right. it's not necessarily saying that we're going to have the same season or we're going to be any worse. I just think that there's teams that are there, that there, will end up better than us. There's but... a lot of teams that have returning players in key roster spots who are been solid veterans in this conference and that'll make it tough on you i know for sure right and then it sounds like we both have the same team at eight so we start and end the same way yeah now i will say i like you said about uno being more competitive i think miami will be competitive just because they don't have that cloud of whether enrico blasi is you know going to be back how long his future is going to last yeah i I think that certainly clears some things up and and some of the other changes in the in the office level uh but i think that ultimately i think those changes actually probably hurt them this season just because it's a lot of unknowns but then again i will say that i've seen teams go through this and it's I, i've just seen like, this where they, they get a new coach in and, and suddenly it's like, it's like a oh, breath of fresh air for the team yeah, yeah. so, so that, that's kind of what i think will happen i still think they'll be in last but i think they may, may help even the odds for a team like uno to make a move up there to fifth because I, I think say, they if, might yeah if you're I mean, if we can come into January and UNO sitting fourth, fifth, sixth, and that happens, yeah. yeah, that could be the kind of thing because UNO could, you know, even if you went 500 or something, if you've got a St. Cloud that goes into Miami and, and gets swept right. in the second half of the mm-hmm. season, I mean, that's right. Or even, that like, could a, be even huge like a Western Michigan. Swing. Yeah, absolutely. Or North Dakota has trouble against right. it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of what happened, I think, a lot with Western Michigan last year is that there were a lot of teams that went into Western Michigan and kind of got shocked by them. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because it, it made it so that there was a chance to move up, you know, and leapfrog yep. some of those teams. So we have to capitalize on that if we're going to oh, exactly you know, perfi- right. yeah. finish in the, the middle of the pack. For uh, sure. In the NCHC. So we'll see kind of what happens. So. Yeah. It'll be fascinating to see what happens. But fifth place, Maverick fans, 
That's what I'm going with. Just so you know, it'll, John's it'll make, the real it'll fan. Make, and... It'll make much more sense when December 1st rolls around. I promise you, you'll be thinking the same thing, too. <laughs> and so will Jason. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And at that point, he's going to get worried that all the guys that are performing for us are going to leave. leave. <laughs> go play minor league hockey somewhere. So Make the jump to the AHL. That's or... right. Well, I think that took us through everything we need to talk about with UNO and the NCHC for the upcoming season. Yeah, it should be. I'm excited for this season. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of new faces, but I think this is the first season where we really get to see what a Mike Gabinet team looks like, and I'm yeah. very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this is this is our opportunity to see his players play his way, and that'll be, if nothing else, that'll be entertaining. And a lot of fresh young talent that I, I think is really excited to play here. It seems like yeah. a lot of smart guys on the team, and I, I think they're going to be able to do what the coaching staff wants, and, and I'm excited. It may, it, may be, it may be ugly a little bit early mm-hmm. along the way, but I think by the second half of the season, you're going to see some good things out of this team. I really do. So we will be away from the podcast for a couple of weeks. We've got the exhibition will be on a Monday. Right. Uh, which obviously kind of cramps the the podcast thing. And then we flip it around that Friday with the first series. So we yep, will be back. Alabama Huntsville. We will be back after the Alabama Huntsville series to talk about the exhibition and that first series and kind of what we saw from the team now that we finally get to see yeah, them on the ice. Yeah, and where we see the team going the rest of uh, October as those games come up. So, yep, yep. Yeah, we'll, be, so we'll be back on a more normal schedule after the, after the next couple of weeks once we kind of get into the meat of the season the, here. Yeah, well, yeah, because then we'll be in the... Every week we'll have a, a game to talk about or That's something right. fun to do, so... So thanks, as always, for tuning into the Mav Podcast and, and joining us for Season 2. I'm yeah, really excited absolutely. about this upcoming and year. And be sure to follow us on, on social media. So follow us on Mav Puck at Twitter. Follow us on our Facebook page. We mm-hmm. have a Facebook group, too, that if you answer the questions, Bridget will probably let you into because it's a private group. But you can find links to all of those things on our website, mavpuck.com. And sign up for MadPuck.com while you're there, too, because we've got yep. a message board and we've got some really good discussions. Yeah, and you can engage with some other fans and chat about all the mistakes we made on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can get on there and post a whole topic, as happened with our summer episode on all of the mistakes we made and how one section of it sounded like NPR. So thank you, Chris Bain, for posting that. <laughs> I really appreciate that. But... It's going to be exciting, and I think both of us are looking forward to it. And until we see you at that Manitoba exhibition game, go Mavs. Go Mavs.